What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Watch from Mercury. This is currently a Jujitsu Kaisen watch along podcast. I'm your host, Maxim. I'm your host, Alex. And today we're hitting up uh, episode 32 of Jujitsu Kaisen, the Shibuya incident. But before we get into that, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us and get some bonus monthly content or even just join it just to talk in the Discord and yell at us about whatever um, or show off your Gunpla builds and talk about what mobile suits you hate and what you hate about anime or what you love about just whatever, yeah. you know? I uh, just put my my semi-built Epion Master Grade in there. If you want to tell me I'm a cuck and I should kill myself, you can do that. I won't be happy that. about it, <laughs> but if you pay, that you have that right. Yeah, so guys, uh, patreon.com slash watchfrommercury. Um, we, we love that you guys listen every week, and uh, we really value our listeners. If you want to support us, we extra, extra appreciate it, because you guys are the best. Patreon.com slash watchfrommercury. And also, if you got anything else you want to say and don't want to say it through the Patreon or the Discord, hit us up at watchfrommercury at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts about the episodes, anything we've talked about, anything we've missed... If you got beef beef with us and you think we're cucks and you hate us, hit us up there. <laughs> we're in a little bit of a self-loathing mood today, the both of us. So yeah. <laughs> have fun with it. And we'll do we do a Gundam movie every month, or if you want to talk about in the Discord what kind of other non-Gundam movie we should talk about, we are all ears. We're here for you. Yeah. We're um the, the, as many of you know, we we are pivoting. We pivoted from a Gundam Mobile Suit Gundam Witch for Mercury podcast to a general anime review podcast so we're always open to suggestions if you guys have any anything in the patreon that you would like to see you can definitely let us know at watchfrommercury at gmail.com um, i'm not super well versed in how other podcasts engage with their listeners so i just went straight to discord and bonus episodes baby but if you guys want something else who knows maybe we'll like i just came up with this on the spot maybe we'll have some type of contest or something i don't know Ooh. that could be fun but hottest anyway anime take hottest which yeah. watch for Mercury listener? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Now we're into like Zuckerberg territory, doing hot or not. The turn that goes wildly out of hand. We will be doing a watch for Mercury beauty contest. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 podcast is just going to become a harem anime. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I wish. I wish. Um, if I was a good enough gunpla builder, I'd love to do a. Uh, uh, a YouTube series where I just roast people's gunpla builds, but it would be me being like very much just an intermediate builder roasting people who are experts. <laughs> okay, so it is punching up, so it's still okay. I don't know. I would be like, I feel like I would be unqualified. I would want something, someone really, who knows? Maybe if someone was really good at building gunpla, they'd be a bad person to do that series because then everyone would just feel bad. But if someone is equally bad at building gunpla, maybe they'd be the perfect person. Could be. Because then it would be like, oh, yeah, we can all hate the people who are better than us together. <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing that brings the people together, it's loathing of the competent. Yeah. Uh, hey, I noticed you used um, third-party water slide decals instead of the standard decals that Bandai pr provides. Uh, who the fuck do you think you are, pal? Huh? <laughs> um, you think you your build is so good, huh? You used the uh, the the uh, fine-grade nippers on the chunky part of the 
part of the runner, uh, you're going to have to get the fuck out of here. We we can't. We don't like your kind around here. That's how I broke my nippers this week. Don't tell Amazon. <laughs> when you told me you broke your nippers, I assumed it was something like that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, what happened? And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell them don't use it on the thick plastic. <laughs> yeah. I still maintain I should send them back because they. I think they still shouldn't break after an hour and a half on that. That's still a little much, but... Yeah, I'm surprised. The um the God Hand nippers, the $60 nippers, are very picky. You basically only use them one specific way, and if you use them on, like, a thick runner, it's game over. They could no just, just break. Yeah. Yeah, so... Anyway, guys, uh, patreon.com slash watch for Mercury. Get in there. Get in the Discord. Get some bonus episodes. Um, talk about Gunplot with us. Uh, and then watch for Mercury at gmail.com. Thoughts, predictions, anything you want to say to us. Otherwise, we're happy to have you as listeners and happy when you guys contribute. We love having discussions. And I we know that the manga for Jujutsu Kaisen is way farther ahead than the show. So I understand it's hard to make predictions when most of you already know what's going to happen. but you know, we're 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 going in blind. So <laughs> yeah. we're going in. We're both wearing. Uh, you can't see this because this is an audio medium. We're wearing uh, exact replicas of the Gojo eye mask, the Sleepy Time Wizard. Oh, mask. that'd be funny. It'd be funny if I was trying to read my episode notes like that too. Mm. I came up with an idea for a podcast. It's called Tummy Time. It's a parenting podcast, okay. and the two parents are laying. It's like a video podcast, and the podcast is ho- hosted from the tummy time position that babies have to be in. You know, okay. <laughs> you like put them on their bellies so their neck, mu- so they look up and build their neck muscles. Yeah. So imagine a podcast with two adults talking parenting, also laying in that position. Oh. <laughs> uh. I have so many good ideas and not enough time for any of them. (laughs) Okay. And I do also want to say, listeners, I have been sick for three days. All right. I'm sorry. I'm going to give it my all. You might hear some snorting. I'm going to try to to mute my mic when it does happen. It's like right now. Okay. That was a really gross one. I'm glad I got that out of the way. (laughs) Okay. I, it was a weird experience for me because I got full visual of it with no audio. So it was like, (laughs) like when you watch a movie and there's a big battle scene, but they just cut out all the sound so that the visuals are more upsetting. It was like, whoa, okay. Human body. (laughs) I, um, I've been, I've been working my way through the conjuring cinematic universe, um, which I thoroughly enjoy. I'm a I'm a major wuss about scary movies, and I realized Same. it's all in the sound for me. Like, I mean, not all, but like 99% of it. The other thing that gets me is when they do a wide shot and you see the thing in the shadow just like kind of lurking. Yeah. I don't know. Those movies do I, a great job with silence. So I'm kind of fascinated by those movies, even though I've only seen the first Conjuring. I thought it was okay. Um, just because the, the what is, what's the name of the couple? Lorraine and what's his name? What was their last name? Ed and Lorraine Warren? War- the Warrens, yeah. The Warrens are just yeah, notorious Warren. con artists, and they, everything they do is all, like, it's just fantasy. They're just con people. I mean, they're, they're both dead, I think, but they were just con people. And they had a museum. Their house was a museum full of artifacts that were haunted. Mm-hmm. And I know... I get, I get... I have a very weird relationship to the idea of, like, ghost museums or tours or whatever, because... 
if it was all understood, this is bullshit, but it's part of like American folklore, I would find it super interesting. But I would know that anyone I'm on that tour with thinks it's actually real and I would just get angry. Mm. So part of me wanted to go to that museum and there's the Annabelle doll. And I just wanted to give it the finger until everyone noticed because they'd be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, watch. <laughs> nothing's going to happen i would just attempt to ruin it for everybody else by like taunting all the ghosts uh yeah i couldn't i could never dude i'm like i'm like uh we have no idea how much we don't know and who knows how much is out there so i don't mess with the occult at all i'm totally <laughs> like uh, <laughs> no thank here's you <laughs> my, here's where i'm at yes we have no idea what's what it's what's out there so the likelihood that it is something as poetic as living forever and, and getting to do stuff on Earth makes that, to me, even more unlikely because it's like, hey, if our brains can't comprehend it, why would it be something we can think of? That seems stupid. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't mess with the occult <laughs> at all. I get like if... if I fl- well, I flip off ghost dolls. Get Dude, on my if, level. If I was at a sleepover and uh, everyone started telling ghost stories, that'd be it. I wouldn't sleep that night. Oh, I'm, oh, don't get me wrong. I'm terrified of of uh, of scary movies and whatnot. But like, I uh, my my ex girlfriend once said to me, like, you know, I've been toying with the idea of reincarnation. What do you think? And I went, well, I believe if it sounds too poetic, <laughs> it's some made up people shit. And she just goes, God damn it, that's right. <laughs> Fuck. I like I like the idea of quote unquote toying with re- reincarnation as yeah. if she gets to decide if there's reincarnation or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, She's a lovely person, but yeah. I don't know, dude. I I spent an uh I spent some time in a lovely cabin and I had some uh, weird occurrences happen. Only to halfway through the week have the owner come back and be like, "Oh yeah, the, this place is haunted." <laughs> <laughs> and then be like okay and then just not sleeping at all out of uh nerves i don't know i'm a i'm a big wuss about it i believe in re- reincarnation though i don't know about like immediate reincarnation but i also think about um think about this way if you die and everything goes blank right you have no concept of time and all of your body and cells will eventually eventually deteriorate into the dirt into the planet which will eventually die, into the universe which will eventually die and reset or something like that. And your particles will get reassembled into who only know God only knows what. So I'm kind of like well, there's there's not that's a non like recycling yeah, than, than reincarnation proper. I mean it's technically <laughs> to the I'm a recycling of the guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you you go in the ground, nothing happens, and then maybe you 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 fertilize some stuff. That's kind of where I'm at. Nice. I'm nice. very good at like parties and office <laughs> birthdays. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything to look forward to after death, but have you guys watched Jujutsu Kaisen season two? Yeah. There's <laughs> fucked up stuff that happens when you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So episode 32, the Shibuya incident. What was the vibe? How'd you like this one? I liked it. It was another it's mainly a fight with some horn uh, shoehorned exposition. Uh, calling it the Shibuya incident was weird because it's clearly the beginning of a Shibuya incident arc. So it kind of set yeah. you up for a finality that was not going to arrive. But like the fight was really good. Uh, I've lost track of a lot of what their plans are because they just keep yapping. But that's the show. Um, <laughs> I love the locust monster. Uh, I love the teasing of Mahito. So I, I had a good enough time overall. I 
think this is so funny because once again, this is an episode where they are they are telling and not showing, but they are telling so much that the first time I watched this episode, I was like, what the hell are they talking about? That's, that's where I was at, too. I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I hate her hair with the ponytail in the front. I just... It's so dumb. Her so her dumb. design I, was way better in the past. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I get it. It's it's probably supposed to be annoying. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You have a ponytail in the front. But it's also very effective at that. So I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so, you know, solid. It's pretty good. All right. So the episode starts at Shibuya train station. Um, We see Gojo observing a crowd that is stuck in the station, which I think is interesting because... When everyone got sucked up into the station last episode, I figured they would have all died. I didn't yeah. think they would get sucked into the station and then just be standing around being like, well, that's weird. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I do love in the, the ongoing state of this captive mob is just sort of confused annoyance. Yeah, and it's like, can I go home? What the fuck? It- oh, it's glowing now. OK. Uh, yeah, I it's I, 1130. I'm tired. Yeah, this it reminds me of um, when I was in college going to CU Denver, the Broncos won the Super Bowl and they had a parade and a lot of my classmates skipped class to go to the Broncos parade downtown. And I think there are like there's like two million people in maybe no, like maybe three million people in all of Colorado and one and a half million people showed up to downtown. Christ. And when I was coming home from class, all the transit was like shoulder to shoulder packed or not running. But everyone was happy because the Broncos won. So everyone's in their orange gear and like smoking weed and drinking. So it's like, okay, we're all annoyed, but the vibe is kind of (laughs) good. Yeah, it's like being trapped at a party where they haven't run out of food, food and booze yet. You're like, okay, I want to go home, but they just brought out dumplings. I'm not going to complain too loud yeah so um gojo explains there's a veil inside the veil that is trapping people inside the shibuya station um and then he floats down and he like bounces off people's heads which i love (laughs) yeah that's fun they see him coming and are like "Ah!" and then he's like weightless yeah they i i feel like veils They've never quite gotten the hang of just making them self-explanatory. I feel like every time a veil is dropped, we get too much information about mm-hmm. veils. Uh, cursed energy is sort of self-explanatory once you know it's bad human feelings that are harnessed. And so, but like veils and uh, or maybe they just veil. It, they're like this one affects only people with magic, and this one only affects people. Don't. I'm like, I really am curious. Does the guy who wrote this think his lore is particularly solid? Because it feels like he's never defined it well enough that he has to keep bringing it up again. I don't know. I don't know what the, like, that, it is a trouble spot, but it's also, like, if they had just said early on, a veil keeps people out or people in, and it's different depending on the veil, and then every time a veil gets lowered, they go... That one's going to keep regular people in and sorcerers out. 
Yeah, and they did they did that, but I feel like if they're still doing it, and that means they're still toying with changing the idea. Like this one, you know, d- distinguishes. But it's like that and domain. I I could not tell you with a gun to my head what a damn domain is. I know it's related to a veil. I think. But yeah, at this point, 32 episodes in, someone should lower a veil without saying anything. And I go, oh, fuck a veil. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I don't know if the show knows what a veil is if you really drill down on it. But but Yuji will his hands will start turning blue and he'll punch stuff. I know what that is. It's easy to understand. Yeah. It's cursed well, energy. That's a cursed technique. When Gara's squash opens up and the sand comes out, you go, oh, shit, because you know what's about to happen. Yes. And when you punch him and the sand around his armor breaks and you see that the sand is forming a layer, you go, oh, now me, the viewer, understands (laughs) the depth of these techniques, you know? Yeah. Um, So, like, I'm I'm at least glad they haven't kept explaining what like cursed spirits are it's like they're monsters just go with it they're monsters made of feelings that's all we need what's driving me crazy this is gonna sound so stupid and all of you guys are gonna hate me but i'm the one with the podcast so i get to say it out loud i don't i can still cast a vote here though let's see what it is (laughs) i don't know what a curse user is i'm with you okay i think it's a jujutsu sorcerer I i think i think it's a sorcerer I also am maybe in the camp of it's not, it's sorcerers and people who can use curse energy. Maybe it's like a catch-all, and maybe jujitsu sorcerers are just the ones from jujitsu high. Yeah, I don't know. I think but every it's... time they say curse user, I'm like, who is a curse user? Yeah, like, I'm. As far as I can tell, it means someone who can manipulate cursed energy which is usually jujutsu sorcerers but also we know there are sorcerers who are not jujutsu that's a that's an affiliation yeah so but still why are we using more than one term it should be a little they should call them all sorcerers if they you should. can use it you are a sorcerer if you're a cursed user that almost sounds like some you put it together but like the fact that we're having this conversation i mean like what if jk rowling aside from being a huge turf uh was still explaining how magic worked by book like seven. That yeah. would be weird. If anything, they did an amazing job of she did an amazing job of just being like, it's fucking magic. Who cares how it works? Th- this show <laughs> needs a little bit more of it's just fucking magic. Who cares? Just a little bit. Dude, all the cool shit in Dragon Ball, they were like, you have chi running through your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's it. Yeah. There's there's nothing more to it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it can do, it's it and, and what does key do? Whatever the plot needs. Yeah. That's fine. And oh, there's a there's a tweet going around that's like, what character in in classic literature would you replace with Goku and have it be the funniest idea? And uh, I said uh, Winston Smith from 1984. <laughs> Cuz he wouldn't understand <laughs> anything even that he was being manipulated by the party. That would be so funny. You have mice on your face. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would I put Goku in? That's a good question. I also, I also considered putting him uh, as Odysseus in the Odyssey, <laughs> mm. or Oliver Twist. But I think Oliver Twist would be really funny. Yeah, it's, I think it's down to Oliver Twister or Winston Smith for me. Something where he's got to drive the story and is just, just incompetent. It would be Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Okay, who's he? 
because he's like kind of the, the the scheming smart guy who's like, we got to make money, we got to figure things out. It'd be funny if that was well, just George. Goku. Wait, oh, Lenny's the one that Lenny's, gets shot. Lenny's okay. the one that gets shot. Okay. Spoilers so, if you haven't read this <laughs> piece of American classic high school literature. If you haven't skimmed it and then been really upset by the last three pages like I was in eighth grade. <laughs> but so so you want him as the schemer, and then who would be funny? Yeah. I guess Vegeta would have to be. But imagine Lenny then. imagine Goku having trouble in the Great Depression. He's just so yeah. smiley and level. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but here's the thing: he needs to eat like every forty-five seconds. He would be fucked. Yeah, he I would was, be so yeah. fucked in a dust bowl. Oh you, my god! <laughs> you just made me remember when we read that book in high school. Uh, we were watching the movie in class after we had read the book. And we watched the end scene, and when he gets shot, a girl in my class laughed out loud, <laughs> and our teacher was so mad. I was like, "Wow, this is so this is this is my style of humor. Someone laughing at so, something fucked up they should not be laughing at." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I yeah, I'm gonna get off this tangent because we're barely yes. into the episode. Yes, we are. So, so p- point being, we're we're both feeling the strain of the sort of vague lore building, and I think the show is feeling it as well because it just keeps telling you. And what what's hard about... The, okay, I'm going to get one more thing in, okay? I just... I finished Blame or Blam, depending on how you pronounce it, the manga, and I'm now reading Knights of Sidonia and Tsutomu... Tsutomu Nihei, the, the author of both, is known for writing uh, stories where you kind of have to figure out the world and the plot as you go... go. Someone online compared it to like Dark Souls, where you kind of get elements of the plot that slowly fit together, but that kind of makes it a vibe. Okay. And it's tolerable because you know that there is mystery to you, the yeah. reader, and the the people you are, the, the characters in the story, there's an element of mystery about them too. They don't know fully what's going on. Yeah, it's some, like the fish out of water uh, is kind of the the appeal of it. Right. And but something like and it never takes a moment. It ta- sometimes it takes a beat to explain a little detail about the world. That's great, but it never you never get like a full picture. This in Jujutsu Kaisen, what's frustrating is that they stop at so many moments to explain stuff and it's never the stuff I need explained. That is a good way to put it. It's never it, it's never helpful. Yeah, like it never is really that helpful, and I and I think it's a testament to the fact that it's bad exposition. That I always not only do they am I sick of them telling me, I'm sick of me also forgetting what they told me right away. I'm just like, what's a veil? I know you've told me like six times, but I feel like I was worried about this today. I was like, someone is going to go on the Jujutsu Kaisen subreddit or the anime subreddit or the Gundam subreddit and be like, hey, I'm looking for a cool podcast. And someone's like, oh, I'd recommend Watch from Mercury, but they really fell off by how confused by the plot they were. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know you guys are tuning in every week. Like, here we go again with them complaining about what they don't understand. Those fucking idiots. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And if you got beef, watch from Mercury at gmail.com. Send it in. We'll read it. Okay. Continuing. So Gojo bounces off people's heads, and he decides he's going to, quote-unquote, play along. Uh, above ground at a cemetery, Yuji, Mei Mei, and a person named Ui Ui 
who can only be described as someone Maymay is grooming are talking. <laughs> he's a yeah, he's very groomy, ain't he? Um Yuji is the quest pariah of Jujutsu Kaisen. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. I'm I'm and I'm building my real grade Sazabi right now, and RG Sazabi stands for real groomer. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um so, uh, Yuji is shocked that Gojo is going to go in alone. Um, they're like, yeah, we can support him, but he needs to go in himself, blah, 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 whatever. Um, we see we we wipe down a grave for Meimei to sit on, and he gets, like, really horny about it. Um, <laughs> that is the best way to describe what just happened, isn't it? This scene, I was like, you can't be doing this with a child. Like, I don't care if we find out later that he's 75,000 years old. He just isn't a child's body. You can't be doing this. Can't be doing it. I don't like this. I I like like anime. I like fights. I like plot. I don't like horny boy. (laughs) What happened to Sad Gundam? We had it for two weeks and it was so much fun. Dude, part of me is just like, I was thinking, I was like, should we just watch Gundam Wing? Should we just fucking go to <laughs> watch Gundam Wing? <laughs> There's like a thing on our, both our walls, like in case of of uh, emergency break glass. And it's just like, it's just, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's like a master grade heavy arms. Just yeah, right. There's, ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Do I pull the lever and commit one year of my life every week to reviewing Gundam Wing so I don't have to be could I don't have to be confused or challenged sexually? Oh, you, oh, you don't want to be if you don't want those things, don't start Gundam Wing. Yeah, right. You'll be very confused, and there's a few moments where you'll be sexually uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I was there, like Trua Barton, his sister, when he gets amnesia, like not grooms him sexually, but like sort of like controls him in a way that does not feel good. Like it does not feel good. It feels more like a power game than a sex thing, but still. Uh, <laughs> and then there's if <laughs> the main thing is, oh, you don't want to be confused? Then don't don't then start don't. going away. Okay. Well, anyway. I want you to see it eventually. I but will. I don't <laughs> I, I don't think it's good for us to do together. Or maybe okay. it is. I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. We're hemorrhaging subscribers, so I don't yep. know. Um, I don't know if hemorrhaging is the right word. But... I, I think that's right. <laughs> um, so, uh, maybe it gets a phone call. They're all going to go to Meiji's Shrine Station. Um, back at Shibuya Station, Gojo descends to the train tracks. And he sees that uh, the cursed spirits Gojo and Hanami are waiting with another cursed user that we have not met. So they square up, and then we get the theme song. Um, outside Meiji's Shrine Station, an assistant briefs Yuji, Meimei, and Ui Ui on the situation. Uh, basically, there are two l- veils lowered over the station, and the inner one prevents sorcerers from entering, and the, I think the outer one prevents people from leaving. I don't fucking know, guys. Okay. Uh, but the assistant basically says that whoever is creating the veils must be between the two veils, and there's also many transfigured humans between the two. Um, uh, Mei uses two crows to fly into the station and spies through their eyes. They fly around and then get squashed. Um, uh, Mei asks Yuji if he would prefer to kill lots of transfigured humans or exercise one powerful cursed spirit, and she goes, knowing you, it's probably the latter. Um, and then she presents a map of the station 
And she talks about like the different levels and shit and where everything happens. The big thing that is happening is that the the transfigured humans are chasing the regular people deeper into the station. And somewhere else on a different platform is whoever is creating the veil. Yeah, and once they spit it out, it is kind of cool. Like, they, they're they now going to have to go through every level and fix stuff. And, like, I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I like that, you know, it's just they're sending things down to one monster and that Mahito is below it. So it's like we're, they're doing video game logic. Yeah. Which is fine. That's yeah. what Shonen should be on some level. But when she pulled up her phone and showed the map, I was like, oh boy, here yeah. we go. <laughs> she did it a couple of times, too. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> we'll enter through this exit, but you're going to enter through this exit. I don't care. Please fuck up a grasshopper monster. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Yuji thinks Mahito's in there. Meimei can't confirm because her crows got squashed. And they enter the station. Inside the station, um, Yuji confronts a locust cursed spirit that's eating a human body. It's a good monster design. It's a good monster really design. Yuji asks where Patchface is, and the locust doesn't understand, but the locust keeps insisting that he's clever. And then Yuji flashes back to Gojo saying, quote unquote, barriers are pretty complicated. There are plenty of people who are strong and still can't do them. Though I'm both strong and capable. <laughs> this scene, this whole sequence really reminded me that mainly what I want out of Jujutsu Kaisen is magic punching monsters. Yeah. That's really all I want. Like, that's what drew me in right away in the beginning was there was wolf spirits conjured. We saw some Sukuna and eating the fingers thing was injured. They haven't talked about a finger in way too long, by the way. Yeah. So, like, when they get into the minutia of the world, I'm like, we should be past the punch monsters. Just punch them with your blue glowing fists. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Because <laughs> this whole fight is really cool. And one thing, like, getting this week by week, right? When when we, if, if five years from now, I go back and I binge Jujutsu Kaisen, I will be perfectly content with the pace things are happening at. And I think it is good that we get these episodes where they set up a bunch of reasons to punch monsters for a while. Mm -hmm. But when we watch those episodes, sometimes it's like, come on, punch monster. (laughs) Yeah. Just punch or act like you're gonna and then don't. Give me something. Give me something. But anyway, Yuji, reflecting on Gojo's words, spots the nail that is... Uh, wrapped in like the scroll that's creating the veil and he realized that the locust probably didn't create the veil but he is protecting it Um, then Yuji punches him through a wall and asks him if he's a grasshopper and the locust is completely shocked and makes a surprise Pikachu face for like (laughs) three whole seconds (laughs) and then we get a long description of what locusts are which I'm fine with because it's all setting up the fact that you then realize Wait a minute, if cursed spirits come from human fear, does that mean this is just humanity's fear of locusts into yep. one guy? Okay. That yeah, is, that, is cool. a, that is oddly specific, but I imagine that would freak you out if that's your livelihood. So of course it would go into one monster. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with it. And so that's a long exposition that I think is good because you go, oh yeah, those things are scary if you really think about it. Yeah, they would coalesce into one monster. Yeah, the little overview is kind of funny because if you know what locusts do, you're like, yeah, they're bad. But like the way it yeah. puts it is like, 
uh, they eat enough food that could kill this many people. And you're like, all right, that's pretty scary. Yeah, and they leave <laughs> weird, thick shit everywhere that we don't talk about <laughs> as a culture. Poop everywhere. Um, yeah. So Yuji and the Locusts fight. The Locust is really fast and has powerful jaws. Um, they fight for a while. Yuji punches him pretty hard. Then he says, clever people wouldn't really go around calling themselves clever. And once again, the Locust does a surprise Pikachu. And then we get the best scene of the episode, which I have labeled the fast punching scene. Mm. Where they... Love a good fast punch monologue. Mm. Dude, this one was sick. Um, I learned something in that some of the anime adaptations we see online use something called ghosting, which is when a scene looks darker or like slightly washed out or the animation is a bit choppier. They do it to prevent people getting seizures okay. from, te- from television. And yeah. I think this scene was ghosted a little bit because of how the animation looks. But apparently if you buy like anime Blu-rays, they don't do any of that. So they just huh. go they just go nuts. Um, hey kids, you want this episode of Pokemon that fucked a bunch of kids up? Well, got to pony up the Blu-ray money, then you can have it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so you the know, fast you know about punching, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen okay. the episode though. I want to see it. I don't know if I. I think I've seen the clip that supposedly did it, but I know they took it off television because it was fucking kids up. So, I think it's cool. I think. Um, I love a risky watch. I love a. I love a, a television show that goes down in history. You know. <laughs> I would prefer it doesn't fuck up kids with epilepsy, but sure. This was that episode was kind of like Pokemon's like two girls one cup, <laughs> which could also give you seizures. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I'm just imagining that, but it's Pikachu's. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay. Anyway, we get the fast punching scene. It's sick. Yuji has two arms. The grasshopper has four. Yuji still beats him. We get a bunch of cool blue energy fist punches. Um, very sick. Very fun. Uh, the locust is sitting there kind of beaten up. And Yuji walks up to him to finish him off. Uh, but then the locust tries one more time to stab him with his abdomen. And Yuji, Yuji dodges it, punches it open, and finds uh, body parts inside. And he's like, you've been eating people. Um, so he kills the, the locust. The way it's drawn, and they say like, oh, it descends its abdomen and releases egg. It's, though, for all intents and purposes, that is a locust dick in this because it's even yeah. coming through so then he just like punches this thing's dick off it's it's oof it's oof yeah <laughs> and it has so, purple blood which makes it extra fucked up <laughs> yeah um so he kills the locust um and he breaks the nail that supports the barrier uh deeper in the station Meme has killed all the transfigured humans and the she can tell that the veil is broken um and then deeper in the station, Mahito wait, waits on the tracks, and he can tell there are sorcerers near. Yuji and Meimei and Ui Ui descend. Um, Meimei mentions that she's impressed Yuji made it this far without using a technique. And as they de- descend into the station, a woman sits on the platform with a horrified look on her face. And we cut to Shibuya Station. Um, 
and I think the whole like, I'm surprised you made it this far without using a technique. What is a tech? Does Yuji even have techniques? I thought he just punch. He, he has the. It might be a technique by accident, but remember he has that delayed punch thing. Right. That's. I, I thought his once only his fists thing. are glowing, I thought that was a technique, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anymore. And pretty soon we're gonna find out he's not even a curse user. He's just a guy. <laughs> he's just a guy that likes eating fingers. He's just a fella. He's just a dude, you know, hanging out. Just a finger eating fella. So, at Shibuya Station, uh, Hanami seals the exits with roots. Gojo says, "You don't need to do all this. I won't run. I mean, if I ran, you guys would kill every human in here, right?" And then a normal he- human sees them uh, talking from the platform above, and he goes, what are those two talking about? And someone else says, you mean those four? Um, and then we get a flashback to Ghetto at a playground, telling Gojo that Gojo's power... Telling, telling Jogo that Gojo's power is the strongest when he's alone. And this is, once again, one of the things I love about this show is why is he at a playground? Why is he blowing bubbles? It's silly. I'm go- I'm go- I'll go with it. Yeah, he's blowing bubbles. They're at a playground. They're on the equipment. They're not even just like skulking around. They are on the playground. And there are children running around playing games with the monsters. Yeah. Yep. And I, I don't want an explanation of what that is. I like it just being a weird mystery. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, they square up. The track barriers open and a bunch of people fall onto the tracks. Gojo is pretty t- quick to tell them, get back or you'll die. Um, basically, uh, if Gojo goes full power, he will accidentally kill a lot of people. And Hanami and Gojo and Jogo rush in to punch him. Uh, another flashback to Ghetto. The minimum output of his curse technique reversal is double that of his amplification. It'd nearly be impossible for him to use it without catching the non-sorcerers in it, too. He probably won't be able to charge his blue up to an effective output either. It should prove difficult for him to use blue for high-speed movement as well. It would make him a dump truck as far as non-sorcerers are concerned. Get hit, and it's instant death. So in that situation, Satoru Gojo will have to focus his energy on defense. Um, As they are about to land their punches, Gojo smiles, and... The punches don't hit him, but we get a really cool, like, the energy from their punches, like, radiates off him in, a, like, a cool way. Yeah. Where it's, like, really badass. You're like, damn, he's fucking powerful. <laughs> mm. He's a character. I forget if I've already said this, but I'll say it again. He is overpowered, but that's part of the fun. Yeah. Is that he's just amused at how much. And eventually, we're going to get a loss. We have to, because it's part of the fun is going to be him just like falling apart and having a crisis or whatever i i would assume but it is fun that he's just so used to being the strongest person ever that it's just like almost boring to him at that point it's just like oh you're doing that thing where you try to kill me it's not gonna work yeah lols <laughs> lols yeah i do love his like one punch man nature honestly yeah he's like one punch man but not sad yeah <laughs> um so uh, Gojo jumps jumps out of the way vertically, which they didn't expect. Um, and he thinks about uh domain amplification, uh, and he's like monologuing to himself. Basically, the cursed spirits are enve- enveloping themselves in their domain, 
And this like makes it so they don't automatically hit him, but it basically neutralizes any uh, technique used against it. So that would allow their attacks to hit him. Um, flashback, Jogo asks Ghetto what to do about Gojo's infinite void technique. And Ghetto says, the only ones unaffected by infinite void, the, on- the only ones unaffected by infinite void are Gojo himself and any- anyone he touches. Even if he does have the skill to selectively trap you all in it, a great number of non-sorcerers would get crushed to death in the space left between his domain and the veil. Chances are 99% that he won't use his domain. That means you must not use your domains either. If you draw a large mass of non-sorcerers into your domain, he'll be forced to give up on them and use his too. And you're already and you already realize that you can't win a tug of war of domains, right? Um, back to the present, a woman cries on the tracks. A man goes in to save her. He doesn't see the cursed spirits, and he's impaled by Jogo. Uh, and then Gojo lowers his mask and says, I'm shocked. I'm saying I'm shocked that you ever thought you could beat me if this is all you got. Flashback to Ghetto. He says, I want you to hold out for at least 20 minutes. After that, it's time for me and the prison realm. And the episode ends. I get that they're in an enclosed space, like, you know, with a mutually assured destruction kind of a thing. Other than that basic idea, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's too much. I've completely lost the plot on... I get that where it's all ending up, but like either of us does a domain too big, everyone here dies, or we all die, whatever. But like, there's so much jargon and so many steps that I'm like, okay, okay, sweetie, yeah, that sounds fun. It really boils down to is they were like, let's create the worst conditions for Gojo to go all out and be at his most powerful. Yeah, Gojo would be at his most powerful if it was you and him alone on an empty field. If there's other people around. He can cause collateral damage, so he won't go as hard. And then what they said is like, if they expand their domain and start killing a bunch of innocent civilians, Gojo will be like, ah, fuck it, and then just go all out anyway. So they have to ride the line of like, fight him, but don't fight him too hard. Yeah, which is really interesting. I like that. I like like the situation they've set up. It's just there's so much monologuing to get there where I'm like, I think I know what you're... Like, I get the basic idea, but... Yeah. And it's a good basic idea. And he also, I, I don't know if I said this, but he lowers his mask, which is he great. He sure does. And uh, we see those beautiful blue eyes of his. I cannot wait to see what crazy fucked up space laser thing he's going to use to annihilate these cursed spirits. <laughs> now, I'm kind of leaning the other way. I think this might be them setting up the he, he, uh, he doesn't prevail here. Or maybe he does, but at what cost? Like maybe the Shibuya incident is they tricked him into accidentally killing a lot of people. Oh, mm. or maybe that's too narratively satisfying. I've been burned by anime before. The the Shibuya incident is him starting a small business. <laughs> <laughs> the Shibuya incident is actually his uh his small indie band. Uh, it's mm. like the String Cheese incident. Honestly, great name. I have I have seen the String Cheese incident live before. Um, <laughs> they played a they- free. They played a free show in Boulder on the hill when I was in college, so I just went to okay. that. Uh, String Cheese Incident is one of those band names where like, wait a minute, did I dream that or is that a thing? So when you're like, oh, I saw them, I'm like, oh, thank God, that wasn't a hallucination I had <laughs> on NyQuil that there was a band called String Cheese Incident. Yeah, there's a lot of String Cheese Incident fans in Colorado. They have that one mm. song that's like, Colorado, Bluebird, Sky. 
you could live a mile high. So people, you know, they they be getting fucked up to those tracks. Uh. Sounds sounds like it. And having some string cheese. Who doesn't having love? some string cheese. <laughs> Who doesn't love a nice polio string cheese? But yeah, I um, this is a good episode. I yeah. want Gojo to face Mahito. I want him to solve the problem so I don't. I can feel good in my stomach. Um. <laughs> okay. I want more Mahito. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think I like him more than Gojo. Uh, not Gojo. Um, Ghetto. I understand mm. why they. I don't think should give Mahito the big bad role because yeah. he's a lot. He's like a dog on a chain where you kind of have to just use him in bursts because he will destroy everything around him. So Ghetto is is playing chess and Mahito's on the board. But I do, f- at this point, find Mahito a lot more fun to watch and upsetting than Ghetto. Yeah. Because we haven't seen Ghetto do all that much. But also, we're 30 episodes in by anime shown in standards. We have not yet begun to scratch surfaces. Right. And, like, I mean, Ghetto's kind of just doing project manager shit. Like, he's not... Yeah. <laughs> like, his strength is that he's planning all this stuff, but we... I feel like we have not had enough time in the series to see him really set up a great checkmate, and that's what I want to see from him, is, like, I want I want something where all of our protagonists do everything they can to stop him, and then only to realize that like something else is totally planned, like that reversal. Yeah. So I'm I want him to be uh more of a strategist than I think we're seeing. Like this stuff is kind of like maybe we'll get it. Maybe Gojo will get banished to whatever the prison realm is, and then there will be a new arc about getting him out and stuff. Yeah. Which could be interesting, but yeah. I, I think the name the fact that this is called from the jump the Shibuya incident, to me that implies they're, the good guys are not going to win here. It implies that this was a big victory for... Otherwise, it would just be, you know, the Shibuya arc. But, like, the Shibuya incident, like, oh, that sounds like something got really fucked up. More, yeah. In a way that they wouldn't normally describe stuff getting fucked up in anime, you know? Like, yeah. this is like... It's like an event in history that we must remember, you know? So, yeah. I'm... I'm my... Th- I... I, I I feel weird calling shots anymore because which for Mercury just totally just flew in the face of my shot calling abilities. I think they're going to get Ghetto is going to win the day on this one. Uh, I think there's a good chance it's through uh, making Gojo accidentally kill some people Mm. and maybe turning the tide against him or against sorcerers entirely but also get to like sorcerers so i guess not that but I, I feel like this is a thing this is it's a day that will live in infamy if you will for yeah for these people yeah i i agree it's gonna be i'm excited to see um where this goes and the fact that it's set in 2018 to me says Maybe they're going to do a time jump to the present, or was this just written in 2018? I think this was just written back then. <laughs> okay, because they put a timestamp on it where it's not, it's not, there's nothing really 2018 about it, but they say 2018, so, okay. They I'll don't even know it. about the pandemic yet. They Crazy. don't even know about, maybe this is how it starts. Ooh, the Shibuya incident is <laughs> patient zero, but yeah. Hito creates COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. It's less crazy well, than a lot of conspiracy theories. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, well, guys, 
uh, hit us up watchformercury at gmail.com tell me what a curse user is um, would really appreciate that and uh, give us any thoughts you have on the episode any predictions anything you want to say hit us up and uh, we really appreciate y'all listening if you want to support the show hit us up at patreon.com slash watchformercury you get ask- access to the discord server an additional couple episodes every month basically and uh, you get to feel good in your heart about supporting two creators you really like See you next time. May your shield be a thousand incidents.